Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sound Art Heart podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Mark Kastner. I'm joined by Jeremiah O'Shan and Dave Clark. And uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about uh, the Seattle Sounders losing 2-1 to one against the Portland Timbers on Friday night. Um, Dave, how are you feeling? Do you feel like all hope is lost? I don't feel like all hope is lost, but I feel a lot of disappointment. I think it was Jeremiah that had the tweet that oh, was it like 1981 yeah it was the last time the timbers swept the sounders it's like were either of you alive in 1981 because i know i, I don't know. Uh, when both you of us, unfortunately of dominance, you, unfortunately both of us were it's been historically <laughs> and so it's it, any time when that kind of statement can be shattered isn't great and that's it's a long not, time ago yeah uh, i think that's a record older than most of our listeners so um it kind of yeah it blows it it's it's a we're in uh well we used dark days what like six years ago so i guess we can't use that dire days maybe it was but yeah um it's just not a series of goodness and it's been uh a weird sloggy summer that hasn't been fun when soccer was supposed to, with this team was supposed to be very fun this summer yeah yeah wait go ahead jeremiah oh i was gonna say the, the the thing that's been so frustrating and this has been sort of a recurring theme is that the sounders seem to play just well enough to make you think they could grab a result and i think this game is is another good example of that where you know from they score first but then they they go essentially like 60 odd minutes without taking a sh- with only taking one shot uh, they were bad from minute eight to minute 70. They were absolutely horrible. And yet it gained, the game probably should have been at worst tied because the only, aside from the, they gave up one goal that was just bad defense, but then they gave up another goal that the more I watched the replay, I, I really do feel like Eric Williamson dove into <laughs> Yamar and got a penalty. It somehow wasn't reviewed. Uh, and, you know, you take that away, and it's it's one one going into that into that last stretch of the game, and the Sounders were really the better team over the last twenty minutes of this game, uh, and they had a great look at an equalizer. Jackson Reagan hits it off the crossbar, an open header off the crossbar. But what the killer of that one to me is that if he just lets it go, it falls, which I don't expect him to do, by the way. But like, if for some reason he were to let that go, uh, Freddie Montero and Raul Ruiz Diaz are both just sitting at the back post, ready to tap in tap it in and i think that's what's so frustrating about these games is is you can find moments where it it goes they're not getting blown out they're not they're not getting run over this is still a team that is playing with some level of pride that has some underlying talent that is is clearly knows how to win games but has just not been able to do it and that is it's like watching a uh the analogy i use in my column this year is it's like watching a bounce house slowly deflate and knowing that like every time you go in there it's a little less fun and at the end you're just kind of flopping or i didn't fold the allen analogy all the way out i should have done this but uh you go in there and it's just like you're flopping around and you're not really even bouncing anymore you're not even having fun you're just sort of sitting in this like clumpy mass of rubber and plastic and it's just not, it's not fun. It's just not fun right now watching the Sounders. And, and like, you you could tell me the Sounders make the playoffs. I believe you. 
you could tell me they don't win another game this year. And I believe you. I mean, it, it's, I don't, I don't know what to think about this team and I don't know where their men- their mentality seems like it's okay. I don't hear stories of infighting, but I got to imagine that a lot of unhappy people and, and it's not like, it's not good vibes. I, I kind of want a story of infighting just because yeah. um, that like, I, I had just looked this up Jeremiah, as you were getting me more depressed. So I, I just figured <laughs> why not like pile onto it. But the, uh, the Sounders have the fifth most losses this year. Yeah, I believe it. Like they are in real danger of losing 50% or more of their games in a sport where draws are available. Um, and they basically have none of those, <laughs> which is part of the problem because they win. They have the 10th most wins. You know, winning isn't the problem. It's that they lose too damn much. Yeah, and, and that's it, that seems to be really the difference. Time. Yeah, that, that seems to really be the difference this year, right? Of Of like what differentiates being bad and being really consistent it's not so much the domination it's not blowing teams out it's being able to grind out results and that this year's team does not seem to be grinding out results and it it does kind of feel like they've invented ways to lose like a guy who's never scored a professional goal again scoring a winner in atlanta after being out for like a year uh the montreal loss at home Obviously, this Portland loss, this, <laughs> you know, like going down early against Salt Lake, really like being the better team over the course of 60, 70 minutes in that game, and then finally getting an equalizer, and then they RSL scores, like basically on the kickoff. It just, yeah. it just like, it, it, this just feels like such a weird, this, this San Jose game, which I think everybody kind of just like puts the games that, happened before ccl in its own category but maybe we shouldn't because there's a there's kind of a lot to look at here a lot of evidence that just is like this team does not respond well to adversity anymore and that's just not a characteristic of a brian spencer sounders team we're used to seeing anymore or ever really we keep hearing like we're good enough we believe in ourselves and, um, you know, fans aren't in press conferences, but I, I see these quotes from uh, Nico, you know, was asked about how many points it take to make the playoffs. And he was like kind of put off by it. But I'm like, well, if you're good enough, you got to start like doing it. Yeah. Like you don't have time to get better. You have to be better like yesterday. You have to be as good as you were, you know, the organization, the players and the coaches have to be as good as they were for the CCL. They have to be as good as they were for like that six or seven games after the CCL. Like they, wasn't there a stretch where they were like six, one and three? Yeah. They have the second like most points. Five, two and one, six, two and one, or six, two and one was their Six, was two their... and one over nine. Yeah. 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 They have to for, do that. From right May now. 7th to July 2nd, they had the second most points in MLS. And then the wheels kind of fell off when they raised the banner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dave sort of, I'll, I'll let Dave sort of run with this one, but you know, I think you can argue, let's just say the Sounders, if you, if you told me at the beginning of the season, the Sounders are going to win CCL, but miss the playoffs. I, and I, I'm sure I had this literal conversation with people. I would have said, Oh, well, that's a false choice, but yes, I would take that trade off because winning CCL is an historical achievement and five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we will absolutely remember winning Champions League and we will not care about if we made the playoffs or not. But there is an important uh, writer to that. And I'll let Dave sort of like get into this idea of what missing the playoffs potentially represents. Uh, it's kind of funny. I was, I was playing with this in, the, in both directions, but uh, the establishment of good habits um, I used to run a lot. I was in the army. I ran constantly. I was in extraordinarily good shape. And then um, Humble I break. took a few weeks off because I, I went <laughs> to, I'm like, hey, I'm a college student now. So I took some weeks off. And then I took some months off. Now I've taken decades off. Um, the When you establish good habits and you continue them, it gets a little bit easier. And we've seen this with the Sounders. When they continually go to the playoffs, they have this attitude like, we're the team that does this. And so they have this belief in themselves. 
But if they lose that belief and they break the habit, there becomes this danger that you accept that loss. And when the excuses come, there've been plenty of years with worse set of injuries. For example, Nico and Jordan were out basically an entire year together, two MVP candidates. And that was last, that was a whole, a year ago. No one remembers that. Well, they also the finished pandemic. last season very poorly, but. Yeah, but and, they still made the playoffs and they still believed in themselves. And there was a lot of reason why we had hope for this year because they were both coming back. Um, you know, they could have easily justified it and said, you know what, we lost two MVP candidates. We didn't make the playoffs, but that's fine. But they didn't do that internally. Instead, they said, no, we make the playoffs because we're the Seattle freaking Sounders. And it's what we do. Um, the danger when you break that habit is that you don't get back on the horse and ride again. You don't keep running. You start to accept losses. We've seen it at the major league level, just down the street. We saw that, you know, the Seattle Mariners have struggled. They used to be a team that was in a playoff race every single year, basically 95 to 2003. And then the wheels fell off and it disappeared and baseball hurt. We saw it with Tacoma Defiance. You know, they made the playoffs in, in season one. And yes, they're a developmental team, but if you, Jeremiah's been on the calls, Wade Weber is very excited to make the playoffs. Like to win, to have, you know, Randy Mendoza is excited. He, he's only played on a team that I don't want to say contended because the weird results that were required last year, but he's on a team that believes that it should win trophies. And he's like, we don't just make the playoffs, we compete. And that's been the attitude around the, the Sounders organization. And part of me, uh, we said this off air, Jeremiah, you're like, so it'd be good to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. And I'm like, heck yeah, because it, it prevents you, it prevents the organization, the players, the coaches, trainers, et cetera, from recognizing that they do have valid excuses. Losing Zhao Paulo, Obed Vargas, and two thirds of Raul Rui Diaz would break most teams. And in years Sounders past, they've had similar losses and it hasn't broken. But if they start to accept that there are reasons to be, bro- to be broken mentally, you, you can develop a pattern that you don't continue. And I don't want the Seattle Sounders to, to have that option. I want them to say, you know what, this is what we do. And so with, like when Jeremiah said, there's no infighting, I kind of want to see infighting. I got, you know, I, I kind of want to see that, that player that says, no, you know, pardon my language, but God damn it. We make the playoffs because we're the sounders and it's what we do. We win games. We have these banners because of how good we are. Do you like, I, I have a couple of ideas for why they're in the situation that they're in. And I, I think Jeremiah, Tim, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but just kind of looking at their season so far, that that was the fourth loss, fourth loss of the season. And they have like 37 million losses at this point. But uh, the fourth loss this season where they've gone up with their first goal and then lost the game. What are kind of, uh, and maybe Jeremiah, you could speak a little bit to this. Like, what are some of the things that you're seeing that like, it just that they just don't seem like a team that responds to adversity well anymore. Well, I I don't I actually it, what's interesting is they've done an okay job of coming from behind this year, uh, rel- certainly relative to their overall form. Like they've, I think they've responded to adversity well. What they haven't responded well, they just what they haven't done is controlled games. And historically, this team has been, especially under Brian Schmetzer, almost unbeatable when they score first uh, and not just unbeatable, but they win at a, a really impressive clip when they, when they score first. And this year it's, it's a much more something to a league average uh, of, of what it means to score the first goal uh, this year. And I don't, I, I, I think the problem is that they've just lost the ability to control games. They don't, you don't see them, you know, and, and I don't mean by necessarily dominating possession 60 40 but they just don't seem to play games on their terms i mean when was the last time this team played 90 minutes where it felt like they were in control the whole time and i i think 
you could find examples like you could probably go back to the uh to the puma second leg of the pumas game and find and say like oh yeah they were they were the better team from almost beginning to end in that one and that one maybe and and but even after that like i don't know there may have been a couple other games in in there where where you could say that but certainly over the last few months i don't think they've you know they've won a few times but they haven't ever looked to be the clearly better side yeah i don't i can't think of a like even the um even like the minnesota game the minnesota home game which the sounders always win <laughs> if they still uh that was actually the last game i went to in person they went down a goal uh minnesota scored in the first half and then the sounders came back and scored three goals in the second half and they were clearly the better side in the second half but i don't i don't know if you could make an argument that they were hard done by minnesota scoring at least in the first half you know jeremiah you were talking about like grinding out results and when they the 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 team not looking like they were in control whether it was tempo or playing on their terms or possession and i was even more worried because i'm thinking to myself i'm like when was the last time they played with identity right even what what is this like, team good at like what what is <laughs> it's right? uh yeah, it's it's August 29th and they are the con- they are the continental champions and we're asking a question of like what does this team do well and none of us have a good answer. And historically I think what they've done well is is get results, right? Like they like and I think that's sort of been the thing that has mystified a lot of pundits is that you can't look at like their pattern of play and say like okay, well this is what they do really well like they, I mean, you can, if you, if you look hard enough, like you can find elements of, of, of repetition of philosophy and all these kinds of things. But I, I honestly, I don't know what, what, what does this team do well right now? They, they stay in games. Is that a, is that a thing that teams can be proud of is just like, they have talent. Not if like, you lose them all. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like they, they, cl- they don't get there is talent. Yeah. I mean, clearly there's talent on this team. It is aging, and I think that that has to be some concern. I don't know if it's something that we want to get into right now, uh, but it feels like a team that needs an off season of re uh, sort of resetting what they're hoping to be. Like there does, it does feel like there is a next generation of players that are, you know, getting close to pushing through. But I think one of the other challenges they have right now is those players aren't yet like slamming the door down uh danny leva being a very good example of this who he has had some very good performances against the galaxy he was a borderline revelation but then he he comes he turns around next game against uh portland a team who i think on paper he should match up well with uh a team that wants to press that wants to do all these things and that he seems well equipped to play through and yet he had one of his quietest games if not one of his worst games uh in a long time. I mean, he had something like 29 touch 31 touches, I think in, in 57 minutes. Uh, and Albert Rusnak was another player who, uh, came off a spectacular performance against the galaxy and looked completely lost against, uh, against Portland, Portland somehow threw the Sounders off with a press. The Sounders have struggled with the press this year, but Portland is not particularly good at pressing. I don't know why the Sounders struggled so much with the pressure against against uh, Portland it was it was a maddening game a maddening performance and I think it really forces us to rethink like and I haven't asked myself this but what do they do well and what do they want to like what are they going to define themselves as going for the rest of the season it just seems make the run (laughs) if they make the run they have to right we'll 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 have a clear question a clear answer that you mentioned they're aging and I remember last year kind of the end of season exit interview thing and they were like well, maybe there's a positive to this because we need the rest because we've been in so many MLS Cups and played so many games. You touched on this in, in your story about Christian's injury, that they yeah. just keep playing so yeah. much. Like these players, they're kind of like the, uh, the the Lakers when LeBron James was there and Kobe Bryant was there. They just play so much that they have extra seasons of minutes. And, and um, maybe a better example is the Spurs who went on that ooh, yeah. outrageous run of playoff success where they didn't have, you know, they, they won one or two 
NBA titles, but their run was really more defined by its longevity than by its peak. And you do start to wonder if maybe the Sounders are going through a similar phase. And I think that this, I don't, I'm not an NBA guy, but I think they've now missed the playoffs two or three years in a row. Uh, and they're sort of like in this rebuilding phase, but, and, and that doesn't mean the Sounders are stuck in the same cycle, but I do think there are probably some similarities there where it's like you, once you get out of that habit, it's easy for it to kind of continue and you sort of allow yourself. And maybe that's good for the Sounders. Maybe they do need a hard reset. Maybe, you know, and I don't know if that's capable of happening next year, but it it does feel like the run of this team, this core is maybe closer to its end than we wanted to admit, uh, you know? Yeah. In I think now I'm going to depress everybody again, because uh, I think everybody's already players... depressed that they're listening to this. So well, yeah, <laughs> it's not your fault, Dave. I, I was going to remind everybody that the, there's only one player on the roster who uh, isn't under club control next year. So when you're talking about hard resets, uh, they don't have a lot. I mean, I guess they do have a bunch of options, so they could do a hard reset by just declining everybody. But the, um, it's also, there are mechanisms to get rid of players in MLS. It's not difficult to do that. But we don't need to talk about the offseason yet. Right. Um, because there's still, like, this is maybe the most down all three of us have been on the Sounders ever, perhaps. Maybe. Um, uh, I know it's probably the most down I've been on the Sounders. And I kind of joked with Jeremiah Friday night that uh, they've had like eight losses since I moved. So maybe we need to like crowdsource um, crowdfund getting me back in Seattle for the last <laughs> month of the season. So they win every game or something like that. But uh, I think maybe the we can like, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit more about why we're frustrated with this team and then maybe talk about the next two games because I think a lot's going to change over the course of the MLS season and over the next two games because everybody plays midweek and then everybody plays on the weekend except Orlando because they have a a U.S. Open Cup, which apparently they're still doing that tournament. Um, (laughs) So one of the frustrating things I think of this team is over the course of this team's MLS history, they've always had personalities on the team to kind of galvanize them when things get bad. And I think it was Dave was talking off air about how like over the last, over the last few matches, Nicholas Odero has gone into the press conference and has just been like said, we're still a good team. We're still going to make the playoffs. And uh, that's, you know, he's just kind of speaking matter of factly about that. He hasn't played very well. Uh, He played, he was fine against in the second half against the galaxy, but like basically this season, he's not kind of been the MVP candidate that we've kind of expected of him. Raul Ruiz Diaz, you, you know, like strikers live and die on service. So you can kind of chalk that up. Like you just kind of go across the board. The, the players that are supposed to be leaders on this team just aren't the ones kind of grabbing things, grabbing maybe literal people by the scruff of the neck and kind of bringing them into shape. And I, th- I just think that's a little interesting that we're talking the day, the, the anniversary of Clint Dempsey's retirement who he was kind of notorious for doing stuff like that. I also think it's interesting because when you bring that up, I'm like, well, who's the personality that would do that the most? And he's out for four to six weeks. Yeah. And and because he was literally run into the ground, he played 1,000 more minutes than any other MLS player since 2015, I think. Probably since 2016. Right. Yeah. 2016 was when he first started. Okay. Uh, But yeah, he's been, he had been averaging 3,000 minutes a season. Uh, in all competitions in that time. And that's basically the equivalent of playing 90 minutes, 34 times a year. Uh, or Yeah. He every... plays like a keeper, but he covers more ground than just about everybody right. in a given week. Um, the Christian is the one who's, if he was around, I have a feeling it would be him. You know, you want fire and breathing the Sounders way kind of stuff. 
that would be him, except it's not really the place of the injured guy to do it. So <laughs> when I think about I mean, who's left, I'm like, yeah. Jordan doesn't really have that spirit. Nico doesn't seem to display it anymore. I think he used to. Um, keepers aren't really great at that. Uh, so, you know, where do you look? Where do you look for someone to breathe fire to to kind of course correct to to grab the reins to to swing the sail in the in the correct direction um i mean you'd like to at some i guess that you would in in a in a perfect world your head coach maybe does that and i don't know if brian has that particular uh you i i think he has that in his bag i don't know maybe he doesn't He's waiting for his, but he he's always been very clear that he wants the players to, for that to be their role. Like he doesn't necessarily feel it's his role to be like if he has to fire up the players, he feels like the battle is sort of already lost. And again, I don't I I don't know if I quite subscribe to this idea that, and I don't know what anyone here is saying it, but there does seem to be this perception that they that the spirit has gone. And I think what we're seeing over and over again is that the spirit's still there. It's just that the body isn't always as willing as it needs to be. I mean, they've been in like, they're they're not, they're not just collapsing uh, in games and, and, and like you go back for all this bad play that they've had over the last two or three months, they've only lost one game by more than one goal. And, and you know, they, they've given up, three i think twice during that time maybe three times during that time but they've or i think only yeah just twice just twice yeah and, and they got a up point out of a lot, one of the yeah, right those games they've given up two a, a lot uh way too many times uh but they've they've managed to stay in games every game and it just doesn't seem like that final bit of execution is there and i don't i don't know that there is an easy explanation other than we got to get you know, we, we got to get better. <laughs> and it's a really, un- and I think that's what's so frustrating about this current predicament is that it's, there's a lot of unsatisfying answers. Like if you, if you are, a, if you take a serious look at it, there aren't easy solutions. Like, uh, you know, like they, this, like Brian Schmetzer has said this a few times. It's not like there's one player who keeps selling a short. It's not like it's one guy or two guys who keep, who you can keep pointing to him being like, Oh man, if the, if this player were better, we would have X number of points. It's like, it's a new guy every week. It's a new problem every week. It's a new, you know, it's a, it's a new twist on the same story. And that's what is so frustrating about this run is that you can talk yourself into finding better results in almost every single game here where it's like, if they just finish that chance, if they just don't give up that dumb penalty, if they just don't fall asleep on that counterattack, you know, you go, go down the list and it's just the same it's just a new thing every week and i and unfortunately you know there's a saying it's it's like bad teams always find a way to lose and Mm -hmm. and it feels like that's sort of where we are right now like it's just sort of they're just kind of playing like a bad team yeah yeah so in there's there's been nine matches this season where the sounders have scored two or more goals. Uh, one of them was last week against the Galaxy. They got a draw there. Uh, one of them was the loss against San Jose, which was just kind of bonkers, and it happened right before uh, they went on to with the CCL trophy. All the other ones they've won. So they've won seven, seven of them. So maybe as we kind of go on to look at the Orlando game on Wednesday and then the Houston Dynamo game on Sunday, two, like, we feel like we've been saying this all year, but two games that they more or less should win if they want to kind of be a playoff team. And I think maybe they have to win both they, this week. I, yeah, I, I, or, I think, yeah. Like, I guess the first thing we can talk about is how, how can the Sounders team score two goals in both of these games? So at least a total of four goals over the next two games. I mean, I, I will say if there's one positive element to come out of the Portland game, it's that they look dangerous on set pieces for the first time in months, like months. Like, I don't remember. They they had two of their best looks on on corner kicks that they've had all year. And 
I think that is hundred percent one area that this team has to improve uh, if they are to be anywhere decent, they got to start generating chances, real chances, scoring goals off of, off of free kicks and corners. And that's something they have not been doing this year. Uh, They are last in the league in, or at least before this last week, they were last in the league in set piece goals. A year ago, they led the league in set piece goals. Like if you want one, I've said this a million times, you want one glaring stat to explain the difference between this year and last year. It's, it's that. And, uh, and that, that right there is going to change a lot of losses into ties and a lot of ties into wins. If you can just, you know, find a way to score on set pieces. And if they, can do that i i think they can maybe salvage this i'm gonna go to a different angle jeremiah has also tweeted about where he it's the other thing that he called the one big glaring hole and that's the non-rebel goal scoring yeah um and i'm I'm gonna take it a little bit further i think jordan's been fine in creation and had a decent year obviously he's not the mvp caliber of 2020 uh he's been fine and nika we kind of addressed but there is a big, you know, without Christian, that fourth best attacker is a big glaring absence. And I don't care if it's Albert Rusnak, who, if he started putting up numbers like he did with Real Salt Lake, we, we would be very, very excited for their chances. Cause if he turns into a guy that gets five goals and five assists in these next uh, seven games, we'd be very happy. But we've got Leo Chu not scoring, Freddie Montero not scoring, Will Bruin not scoring, uh, Jimmy Madronda uh, doing less than that. Uh, and that's, ba- you know, none of those guys are entering the attack in an effective manner. Uh, we need somebody besides, I mean, Raul and Jordan. So maybe it's even just the third most dangerous person in the attack. They need a third third attacker and they don't have one and they've got two dps that have historically been good attackers and neither of them are this year um for very for differing reasons um nico's old albert moved back one or two lines depending on how you define the terms and uh christian's on the bet is in recovery they've got to have something there uh and there's no simple answer because their youth player isn't doing it. Their vet, their cheap veterans aren't, aren't doing it. They they haven't looked to young talent, whether that's uh, Double Air, Reed Baker, Whiting. They haven't tested Alfonso Ocampo Chavez, who is now not what he was at the beginning of the year. Dylan Tevez. Um, Dylan Tevez is another player who, in his one start, looked pretty good, and we haven't seen him. And know. then he doesn't play. And he doesn't play. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't played almost at all for the Sounders. And I don't know, like I'm I'm not gonna say that that's like all Brian's fault. I assume he's seeing this stuff in training and he's making informed decisions that off of information that we don't necessarily have. But man, uh you would think at some point he'd almost have to start trying other people because they just aren't getting the production out of the out of the people they they should be able to rely on uh you know you can't convince me that i mean any of the kids or just the kids in general would put in a worse shift than leo chu did against portland because it's just like totally invisible what what are like what's the point like what are you trying to accomplish here and i think like we kind of get it like a little bit of wit a little bit of pace a little bit of service and Chu just fails at all of those things. And I'm not like, I'm not even having a conversation about giving up on the player, or like moving on. This is just like, this team has to find a way to get a point or three points from games. And Leo Chu's not delivering, yeah, not I mean, contributing to that. <laughs> at some point, you, you have to look at his on-field production and say, when's the last time Leo Chu gave me a, good shift and, and it was know. when he was playing with dylan tevis <laughs> yeah it was when he was playing with dylan and that tevis. was like almost two months ago so yeah the, i'm referencing the tfc win of course yeah yeah um 
So the Sounders play Orlando on Wednesday, a team that they've never lost to. Uh, and I think that's the Thanks. only team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, hey, if we're just going to, if we're just going to get all these things out of the way, we might as well. Right. So, yeah. Have... All these never before is are bowling <laughs> this year, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so they played uh, Orlando five times. They've won four of them. And the draw was a very last minute equalizer in like the 94th minute. I remember um, that one. Yeah. Free yeah. kick. Uh, Kaka had like service. And then it's from the, it's from the match where there's kind of the infamous photo of uh, Nicholas Ladero just laying face down on the turf. Uh, Cause they fouled him a lot. Anyways. Um, Orlando is having an okay season. They're fifth in the East. They are probably going to win the Open Cup. Um, I'm not here for your Republic Eraser. I I mean, that's okay. The, I mean, the, they're they're a good team. Is basically my point. They're an okay team. Let's put it that way. Um, they also just don't really seem interested in in tying games. So they win or they lose them. Uh, currently, they win more games than they lose, which is. Uh, That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, the, the Sounders don't do that. They they lose uh, games. Um, but I think if we had gotten a point or, uh, God forbid, a win uh, against Portland, I don't think anybody would really care about this Orlando game. But now it sort of feels like if, if not now, when is this team yeah. going to do something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a hundred percent a game. They need to show us something. I mean, I suppose if they get a tie, it's and they look good doing it, sort of like in the same way that they did against the Galaxy. Maybe you can suspend your disbelief a little bit. But man, this team it it is getting to the point where they need to start getting some. They need to start collecting points. Like if they're, yeah, Uh, and if they, I mean, I don't know you we could be having a very different conversation. If they win their next two games, we could be having a very, a very different conversation, but I, I just can't help, but feel like getting zero points is almost as likely as that. Yeah. I just kind of feel like, uh, and I didn't want to talk more about the Portland game, but I really do. I guess there, there was that very, very, very late free kick where apparently, I mean, they mentioned this on the broadcast. I, wasn't in the stadium so i couldn't see what was happening but stephen fry was trying to go forward uh-huh and he wasn't allowed like the yeah, bench. Weird. like what what are we doing right <laughs> are, what, like, right right what why are the, we what are we what, what's the downside to letting yeah and, and the goalkeepers never score uh i obviously say that as a liverpool fan and i have seen my team's goalkeeper score a goal but like that's the type of thing where I would like to see that, like, a goal, the senior member on the team, he's the oldest player on the team, right? He's older than Freddie Montero. Am I right in saying that? Stephen Fry is older than Montero. I think so. Just say for the sake of conversation yeah. you are. Yeah. Like, he was, I think he was wearing the captain's armband at that point, or, you know, he's one of the vice captains on the team. Like, that gives the team some urgency and some kind of, like, like show us something. And that's what I want to see from this Orlando game is basically what I'm trying to say is like, what can they do to show us? What do you think? Dave? I, um, I mean, we know they're going to have to do a little heavier rotation than they expect because we already addressed the fact that they're old and have played too much. So in some ways, um, I hope that we see it. Tevez or double air start maybe both to get get some of that get some Danny Leva uh, get an injection of youth um, because uh, those youth players have uh, done pretty well for them like they have a history of winning um, at most of their levels and maybe it's just it's short rest. Every, everything lines up to, to be like, you know what? To almost do what Dallas tried to do to us. Yeah. And come in well, with several of their best guys and just be like, Nigo, you're going to play the second half. 
And notably, the last time they looked good was the last time they rotated their lineup like this. Uh, you know, against Toronto FC, they they had a heavily rotated lineup. And they won that game 2-0 and looked great. And, like, I wouldn't be at all against rotating the lineup and just sort of... And maybe that's what this team needs is, like, a wake-up. Like, hey, we've got players on this team that are, uh, you know, willing to just do that at little extra. And maybe that's what it needs right now. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping that they rotate the lineup a bit. And, and again, I don't, I don't think it's because it's like one guy's fault or one group of players fault, but uh, there's something that's not working with this collective, you know, for a long time I had been saying, well, once they get their starters together, they'll be fine. And then it was, well, once Raul Rui Diaz gets on the field, they'll be fine. And they haven't been fine since so like they've actually had a <laughs> lot of starters available for the for the most part. Like they looked uh, better when they were like when the roster mix. was in dire straits after yeah, at times. CCL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now the whole basically the entire squad, besides maybe the most important player, is injured. And they just are losing for fun now (laughs) um i kind of i'm kind of with dave it's kind of talked myself into this idea of i think danny Leva still has to start because he's the best holding midfielder that's healthy on the roster and even though against like portland basically just bypassed the midfield and it worked um if you have any hope of controlling any game you need holding midfielders. So I think, I think maybe we'll see Danny Leva and uh, Atencio start. Do you guys like that? Or, okay. Let me first kind of back yeah, up. I would actually, do you think we're going to see kind of Brian sticking with this three, five, two ish uh, formation? Yes. I agree. Jeremiah. Yeah, I, I I think I hope that is what they do. Uh, I think that the three five two still gives them their best look. Um, although I don't know, I suppose if they're going to rotate their lineup, maybe they need to. Maybe the three five two doesn't line up as well for this new look. Uh, like maybe they have more. Like maybe you use Tevez and I. I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I haven't I think, run through who I want to see start, but I do want to see, I think I would, I would be okay with Atencio and Leva uh, in the defensive midfield. I think I want to see Tevez. I think I probably want to see Dobler. And I want to see Rusnak as a 10. Oh, maybe a Rusnak has a 10 there. That could work. Yeah, uh, Jackson then, Reagan maybe needs to, I wouldn't mind seeing Jackson Reagan again. I thought he actually was a bright spot. We hadn't seen him much lately. He thought I thought he actually he did, and it wasn't just his his header. You know, he he had some good switches. He you know he he did a he he did some things to spark the offense. I thought or to it was, spark the team. It was interesting that Brian said uh, in the post game interview, Brian Smetzer, uh, Seattle Sounders head coach. Um, <laughs> he said that he brought Reagan on to uh, give the center backs better passing, but he took off Ariaga and left Nuhu and Yamar on, who are both worse passers. I think it was a specific, I think what he was, if I were to parse what he was saying, I think he was looking for a specific kind of pass that, that uh, Reagan is better at playing than Ariaga. And that is basically the long switch. He's a little bit better at at playing that diagonal ball, whereas Ariaga has been better with the ball on the ground, and he he's able to yeah. kind of break lines that way. But Reagan is sometimes better at just sending that ball over the top. So yeah. I think that's what I think that's what he meant. That makes sense, and I think if if Reagan's going to start on Wednesday against Orlando, then it, I think it I think it makes sense to to kind of allow him to be the center of a, of a back three back five, however you want to say it um, because it means you can push, push your wing backs like 
very far wide and very far forward and then just have people run onto second balls. Um, but I suppose you could do that in a four, two, three, one as well. Uh, I just like one of the very frustrating things that happened against Portland is they were chasing a goal in the second half and the, and I don't disagree changing the formation, but what they, what, what the Sounders did is they went to Leo Chu on the left and then took off a center back, which meant knew who going to left back. And that just sacrificed an entire side of the field offensively um, because nothing happens when those two players play in those positions. <laughs> and I just don't want, I don't want to start a game that way. Um, and I'm afraid that that's what we'll see on Wednesday. Are those fears valid or am I just sort of being a negative Nancy? Apologies to anybody named Nancy. Uh, you and I are on the same new who page. That's probably been our most common uh, DMs <laughs> between each other. Uh, if they stay with the three back set, new who has to be the left center back. And he's uh, actually good in that position. Yeah. He has been so, this season. Maybe we finally get to see Kimmy Madranda as the left wing back that we all thought he would be when he came here. And he hasn't really been ever. Um, but that might be something to do in the Orlando game. I've now put together my dream Orlando lineup, I think, uh, just based off of all of this. All right, give it to us, Dave. Uh, Fry, Nuhu, Reagan, uh, Yamar to start, probably Ariaga to come on. That one's my most debatable. Uh, Madranda, Atencio, Leva, double air. Rusnak is the 10. Uh, Jordan and Raul. Nico being told quite clearly he's coming on at half, um, probably for one of the DMs, um, to, and then drop Albert back if necessary. Get ready to bring on uh, Alex or Ethan and get ready to bring on Dylan Tevez for Madranda on the left. I've seen him uh, deputized there as a left wing back before. And I actually kind of like it. Um, I think Dylan Tevez uh, has a underutilized skill set right now to play in a lot more places. So that'd be kind of the way I'm headed. And uh, I still wish they had another forward option that wasn't two uh, very respected um, older guys, but I, that's kind of where I'm headed right now. I like, I like all that. I have no problem with that at all. Would you, would you guys play Will Bruin for 45 to 60 minutes and just give both of the forwards some, some legs, you know, kind of the whole, like put 90 minutes of running into a half and a half or, do you think you have to play both both of the forwards because those are the only two forwards that make sense in this formation? I mean, I th- think you can get away with not playing both. Like I I I guess I I would rather see Bruin start and play like 60 minutes than expecting to get much out of him in 30. Uh like if if we're going to make one of those changes. Like I I I guess I could be talked into a uh, Montero Bruin forward set if you really feel like you need a rest for for Morris and and Raul especially if you do it with the caveat that you know they're going to be coming on early in the second half um when they play this formation it doesn't seem like Montero plays in the forward line because when he came on against when he came on (laughs) against Portland he played this to 10 and Nico went back a lot yeah Um, yeah I was basically just thinking if you if you start with Will Bruin and either Jordan Morris or Raul Ruiz Diaz, um, and maybe this is a reason not to do this, it really simplifies the point of the attack. It's you know Will gets the ball, he holds it up. Raul or Jordan are making runs, which they both make different types of runs. So uh, you know maybe if you're kind of doing a scouting. Approach, scouting report against the team. It, it, it kind of simplifies that, but um, it like the, the attack doesn't seem to have a, a point right now. And I think if you, 
if you play Will Bruin with one of the other forwards, it, it kind of gives the attack like, all right, this is what we're actually going to try to do. It might not work, but we can try to do something. <laughs> and, and if you have to rotate the lineup, which you have to do anyways, maybe that this isn't very interesting radio at this point because I'm, I'm talking myself out of it, but <laughs> it's some, it's something to do. No, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I, you can talk me into Will Bruin starting. I don't know if, if Freddie's the the right partner for him, but like a Will Jordan partnership or even a Will Raul partnership, which I don't think we've seen at all this year and had some promise we've seen work in the past. Maybe that would be a and and God Raul shouldn't be too uh, tired after his performance. Like not 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 necessarily his fault. He wasn't getting much service, but he was not really involved too much in, against Portland. So maybe he also had he also just had two months off. So he did, God. yeah. So like let him let him play. Jordan, I would be willing to bet could use the time off a little bit more. Um, and it's it's Orlando in late August. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be moist. <laughs> it'll be, be uh, it'll be about 86 degrees at kickoff with uh, 65% humidity and it nice. might rain, which I don't know. This is kind of something to keep an eye on. Um, the Orlando game on Sunday, there was a weather delay. Um, oh, wonderful. Today, today, Monday, there was supposed to do a whole spaceship thing that got delayed because of weather, um, which is near Orlando, I'm told from the people that like spaceship things. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, a weather delay could just make the season more interesting. These things you, in, you are intent on speaking into reality or disarming. Hey, if, if I'm the reason why everything's going wrong, uh, I hold a lot more power than I think I do. And perhaps I need to play the lottery. Um, we haven't talked a whole lot about Houston. Cause I know it's hard. Oh, I don't think we need to do that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I am going to, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a proposition here. I'm offering you four points from these two games. Which order are you taking those points? And are you taking that at all? Sure. I'll take it. Okay. Do you want the win to be in Orlando or do you want the win to be at home against the, Houston? The win has to be Houston. If you you gotta win that Houston <laughs> game. Yeah, I, I want to win the Houston game mainly because I'm gonna be there. And home games outside of the CCL have not been fun lately. Like Yeah, they've been kind of kind of a dud. Yeah, so it'd be nice to actually win at home again. Um they're not they haven't been a good home team we can address that for a long time later and then if they if they win the houston game that kind of stops the feeling of like one step forward two steps backwards type thing that's just been happening all summer let's win like um yeah obviously they're gonna win both games um but tim talked me into a danny leva goal as the winner against portland and i was there I really wanted that to happen and it didn't happen. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this has been the most interesting, uh, show to listen to, but, um, we're, we're, <laughs> we're three depressed Sounders fans and, um, we have to do a show. So <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> um, but, um, I do want to thank Dave and Jeremiah for, Jeremiah, do you have any closing thoughts before no. I wrap up the show? No. I didn't think so. Um, you're a busy man. You've got places to be, things to do. So uh, thanks thanks to Jeremiah and Dave. I've been Mark Kastner from the Center of Heart Podcast. Cool.